KXRN LP. Laguna Niguel, Laguna Beach. Member supported KXFM on 104.7. KXFMRadio.org. This disclaimer is a statement notifying listening audiences that any opinions expressed on our shows are not representative of Laguna Radio Inc., its management, or its board of directors. morning it is beautiful here in laguna beach 62 degrees is going to be the high today i know that's what you want to know first is the weather partly cloudy skies uh winds from a five to ten miles an hour increasing to 15 miles 25 miles per hour winds could occasionally gust to 40 miles an hour but you know we're not in the cold zone and we're happy about that it's wake up laguna beach it's a beautiful day uh, not that we would gloat about it or anything and, and then but i go on I digress. Uh, so Sunday, it's supposed to be sunny. Monday, sunny. Tuesday, mostly sunny. Wednesday, sunny. Thursday, sunny. Friday, sunny. Oh, it just goes on. It's boring. <laughs> it's it's beautiful. Boy, do we have a good program today. And for the next three weeks, I have guests. I'm gotten back to my guest mentality here. It's always fun to have guests because you can harass them and, you know, do your best to embarrass them. I like to pretend like I'm Barbara Walters sometimes and make them cry, but I can't always get there. I try for you. And I know your listeners really uh, appreciate that. <laughs> so, yeah, so I have a very special guest who uh, actually authored a book called Changing the Stars. And uh, he's going to be on here in a minute. I'm going to go through a few things. I'm going to thank, first of all, our sponsor, Mike Johnson of Compass Realty, who's been with us for like three, four. He's been here since since the day I started, which is, and I'm old. No, <laughs> I'm not that old. Uh, anyway, he's he's been Mike Johnson's Comp Johnson Compass Realty. If you need have any real estate needs, be sure to get a hold of Mike. We appreciate that. Um, I'm going to forego our uh, on this day in history. Uh, and maybe after we have a chat with uh, my guest this week, and I've got two different ways to pronounce his last name, Renegar or, no, I'm getting an, 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 an <laughs> Rene. Renegar. Renegar. Renegar? Yes, sir. And now you hear his voice. Well, welcome <laughs> to the program, Uh uh, let, can I just can I just call you Cody? <laughs> you can. I love that. Thank you. So yeah, uh, Cody, you wrote a book, and I have to say, um, once a week I do. Uh, Rick was there, but uh, once a week I do a program on Friday. It's a couple times a month for the seniors, and uh, we we you you came up in the conversation, and uh, uh, and I so I'm I'm reading a little bit more of the details about your background. I'm going. Oh my God, this poor guy, look what he's been through and his chin is still up. And I'm thinking, boy, that's what we need tomorrow morning on Rainbow Radio. We need <laughs> to yes, awesome. how we survive, how we dust ourselves off and get back up and go at it again. And and I, I think that I haven't read your book. I will admit it, but boy, it's on my, my read list because I think we all need to uh, cheer up a bit here. 
So with that, I'm going to welcome my uh, guest, uh, radio guest this week. It, it's Cody. Reniger. Reniger. Very nice to meet you. Thank you, Cody. Um, I, uh, I'm, I'm always at a loss of where to start, but I see, I think a good question would be to toss out there. It's that, um, how long in the process have you had this book in your rolling around in your brain that you came up with? Was it something as a child or is it something later in life? I think a lot of times, and a lot of people say this to each other, is when I start to tell even just a, a small amount of my story, just in passing or just, you know, with friends when it came up, they would always say, wow, you should write a book. And I'm like, oh, everybody says that to each other, you know, and, and honestly, and I mentioned something in my book that everybody does have a story in them and that I'm, I'm ready to hear theirs too. I said, everybody's got a story and here's mine, basically. Absolutely. So um, everybody just told me I should write one. And, and I just felt like the older I got, the more I saw a lot of people that um, like on my social media and everything, people that had gone through similar things and much worse that are just stuck in a victim mentality. And as I got older and as I embraced life, and just was so excited that all of that was behind me and just embraced life, I realized everybody was still back there. They were still stuck in that muddy crap hole of a, of a victim mentality. So I was like, how do I, how can I get everybody else to come join me? So I and think I, writing a book I, is... I can't say how much I appreciate what you're saying. Uh, I, I have a, a therapist friend who I've been friends with for many years, Andrea, and we had many discussions about why people get stuck, like you're referring to, and it's come, it's a, it's an old friend, and they keep coming back to that misery as their friends, so to speak. Oh, right, yeah. I like that. Unfortunately, and if they just get their heads up uh, and 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 cast a different eye across the the world, they might feel a little differently. Yeah. Right, and it's so. all about perspective, and you have the power to change that too. You know, yeah. you're not that was part of your inspiration. It sounds like for your book. Yeah, definitely. I just wanted to, I just want, I've heard something about when people go through a hell and then they turn around and, um, and throw some water to the people behind them. I'm just like, come with me. This life is mm -hmm. too amazing to just sit back there and spend the rest of your life, you know, thinking about, because at that point you, you are the one victimizing yourself. It's not those people anymore. You know, it's your right. choice. When did you discover this uh, this part of uh, human nature early on? Yeah, pretty much early on. I mean, I think I, I've always, even the, from my earliest memories, I remember um, looking, I could see broken people, you know, even my abusers. I never once thought, what is, you know, what's that? It was my fault. I, I just always saw in their eyes that they were so broken. I think something very early. And, you know, you hear the phrase hurt people, hurt people. And I think that just has always been ingrained in me that I knew that those people were broken and that had nothing to do with me. I suppose, um, I go back to myself. I think my father had uh, no capacity to show affection and I, I forgave him because he didn't, he wasn't equipped with it and he didn't know how to deal with it. And uh, I could see the affection uh, if I looked hard enough, but he got stuck there and it was, and it's too bad. And anyway, that's my story. But well, about, more about <laughs> enough about me. What do you think about me? No. <laughs> uh, uh, so that provoked some of the, your your early experiences provoked you and it kind of rolled around in your brain. And everyone says, "Oh, you know, Cody, you should write a book. Write a book." So is this your first effort? Your first. Book? This is my first effort. One day, I just sat down by my fireplace with my iPad and just started. I didn't know where to start, so I just started piling in all the memories I had, all the memories I could think of, all the stories together was just a pile of jumbled mess. And then um, Rick Crotis, it was writing a book. And I think he's been a guest on your shows as well. He, yeah, we uh, can't get rid of him. He keeps coming back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he, well, he was writing a book called Rainbow Relatives. And he called me, um, I raised my son in the South and he just wanted to, it was about gay parenting. And um, he wanted to do a little chapter on myself and my son. So um, that was about a year beforehand. And once I started writing this book, since I'm not a writer, um, I knew I needed help. So I reached out to Rick and I said, can you help me organize and, and pile on, uh, I mean, sort out this jumbled mess? And man, his, he's a master. And he took it and just helped me run with it. So for the last three years, he and I have been sorting through my, my pile and he's wow. ended up smoothing this out, along with my editor, Stephanie. 
Now that's a good friend. And, and yeah. he accepts you just as you are. Doesn't want to yeah. change you. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So uh, where where are you at in the publication of it? Is it out yet? Is it available? Oh, launched last Monday. Oh, last Monday. Okay. Well, we're, we're already hit the ground rolling. It's like haven't first even gone a, a week yet. Right, and it's just yeah. going first in all of its categories and everything. And I'm getting these amazing messages and the only reason i wrote this book was obviously you don't make any money writing a book the only reason i wrote this book was to share this this uh hopefully contagious energy that i feel inside me and i just i'm getting all these amazing messages already from people who picked the book up and didn't put it down and and are just feeling inspired and just taking that little light with them i just feel like i'm getting that message out and that's all i want your fear feeling very blessed in that regard I assume. oh wow yeah i'm beyond blessed i love this a, a, a bit about you. Are you a native Californian? I was born in Texas. Texas. My, and then I, I grew up mostly in Arkansas. Oh, okay. Are you guys going to say you're glad you're not in Texas today because it's a little chilly, but I have a bunch of cousins down there that are really struggling right now. I guess a lot of people are. So. Yeah. And I think as things thaw out a little, they'll, they'll discover even more problems with broken pipes and everything, but we'll, yeah, we'll help them keep their chins up. So you, you, uh, so how long have you lived in, where are you now? I have no idea. I'm in Brickwood, California. <clears throat> I moved back here. I, I lived here originally 16 years ago, and um, I'm a hairstylist, and I've worked with celebrities, and I've had worked on a salon in Rodeo Drive for many years. And then when I realized that it was just too difficult to raise my son out here on my own, I'd have to have a nanny and a private school and all this stuff, and mm -hmm. it was just me at that point, um, that I had to move back to Arkansas. So I just picked up everything, moved back to Arkansas, bought this little farm, and raised my son on this cute little farm and um, acres? <laughs> basically it was called the TLC farm and uh so we just we I raised him there when he turned 18 I I moved back to California and that was six years ago so we're um yeah I just hit the ground running again and I'm back to cutting hair and painting I'm an artist as well and then apparently an author <laughs> wow well we're, well we're I'm really pleased to be uh your first first chance to interview you and have you with your brand new book on a brand new path. Uh, and I, I see Rick put up there that it's available at Amazon as we speak. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So what's your favorite, what was one of the most favorite portions of the book? Well, I'm asking, actually, I don't know. So many questions. I don't know where to start. Do you have brothers and sisters? <clears throat> I do. Oh. And then the book, it shows, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's very complicated, but the book, I start out, my mom and dad have two older girls and then myself. So I had two sisters and myself, then my mom had two more. So there eventually were five of us. And then the very beginning of the book, it shows that we were homeless. We lived under a bridge. We lived in the woods. We lived in abandoned houses. So my five brothers and sisters and I traveled around as and children. You knew, no, you knew no other lifestyle. We thought we were on an adventure. We always thought we had a destination, but we really didn't know when or where that was. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Are you in touch with your siblings? Some of them, my two little brothers, um, one of my brothers is homeless now in Denver and he's just that he just has embraced that. That's who he wants to be. And so I can't really get a hold of him. I've tried and I've, I've had um, paid for his cell phone for a while. And then I don't I don't even know what happened. Um, so I'm still kind of looking for him. Um, my other brother is just in and out of prison for over 20 years now. My oldest sister is still um reveling trying to get out of that victim mentality but then i have a sister sue who is the who i dedicated my book to and her and i are very close that's my whole family in one package it supports you uh, other than i mean my kids and my grandkids oh yeah <laughs> was there was there any attitude about you being gay that that uh was difficult with your family <clears throat> no my sister sue just like uh, i think we went out to a gay bar the first night i told her i was gay she, <laughs> she was ready before I was yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah I haven't had any problem and my son I asked him once when he was very young if he would rather daddy date girls instead of boys and he said oh god no that would be weird <laughs> dating uh he said it would be girls weird. Of... I, I'm confused which way he went <laughs> he said yeah he, he was it'd be weird if I dated women oh, so oh if you date oh oh my <laughs> I also sued Arkansas as a part of a big um, legal thing for marriage equality. And my son was 14, 15 there. I mean, it was a huge deal. And we had, a, we were on the news all the time. And 
And he just completely supported me throughout the entire mm. time. He was amazing. So yeah, he has no problem. He's, he's, he's a big ally. Yeah. Thank God. <laughs> but if I'm really awkward. <laughs> I think about what were, um, of all the, the uh, little vignettes in your book about what you're, what's, what's you've experienced, uh, share with me some that you find the most interesting or you think would be best just to share. I mean, I think that a lot of, you know, when I was writing this, I just was so adamant about not it not being just doom and gloom because I could still, I could write an entire book of just darkness and that's not where I wanted to go with this. I had to show all of the darkness, which ended up being probably one third of the whole book. I just said, bear with me. I'm going to get through it. I have to show the darkness to show the light. So um, I just really powered through the dark part. And I think my favorite part is at the end where I get to um, reach out and reach my hand out and, and share with others the tricks that helped me um, find the beauty in this world and, and just become an overactive optimist. And, and I have all those tricks and tips in there. It's kind of a how-to on how to choose happiness. So my favorite part of the book is the end because it does have a happy end. <laughs> well, we love that. What do you, um, on our current COVID lockdown and the, and the spirits being, I guess, so so dampened and so much stress, is there any spin that you, in your experiences, you can toss at that as far as looking to the future? And Yeah, I have noticed, though. I think everybody's been noticing that um, this whole thing is just kind of coming to a head. And I, I just see so many people. And this is also one thing that, that pushed me to get this book out as fast as possible. I see so many people just dealing with depression. And, you know, it it's, makes sense dealing with depression and loneliness and some people are being abused, you know, just it's just becoming everybody's had enough. So I think that my thing is just remembering who you are. And also on social media, everybody's just so mean to each other. I just think we all just need to remember that this is we're all in the same in this game together. And uh, the looking up part is just reaching out to those closest to you, the people that support you. It's so important to surround yourself with people that are only positive influences. And I think that's the key for me is I've absolutely blocked out all the negativity, even the, the, the daily stuff. And I'm extremely focusing on the love and the patience and the kindness of my friends. And that's really how I keep my spirits up. Especially with social media. It seems like, seems like there's so much social media. They're so negative and you can be so um, um, pulled down by it. But I, what I do that I think is positive and maybe you'll appreciate is that I'll see a, a feel good story and maybe it's something really simple. I, I, I you know, they're saving um, the seals in uh, South in an African country along the, the the coast. There, they pull all the garbage off of the seals and save their lives. And there's this group of guys, and they film it. And and then you look to see how many followers there are, and how long. And there's millions and millions of people that watch that. And then you look at these negative ones, and you see who's watching it. The and you know, numbers matter. You know, and I see like so many people want to feel good and, and want to see something that has a good ending, like your book, uh, Changing the Stars. Uh, they, to me, it's a testament. You, If you want to see it, it's there in front of you. You can see that it's the positiveness. But if yeah. you can see it, you know, you're not exactly what you it. find what you're looking for. <laughs> exactly. And so uh, there's also another, there's a, a young guy up in San Francisco is called the fisherman and he has a, a YouTube channel and he just goes out by himself and they have uh, you can fish for crab with what they call crab traps, their little devices. And, and he'll go out in the Pacific ocean. It's this, the waves are crashing. The ocean is blue. It's just right there near San Francisco. He goes out there by himself and he catches a couple crabs and he goes back on the rocks and he makes a little fire and he cooks them and eats them and talks to you. Oh and my God, that sounds so amazing. Wonderful. And he has his little seasonings. He gets at Trader Joe's and he talks about um, what he puts on his fresh crab out of the ocean that he, that he gets. And he, you mean he shows you shelling them and cleaning them a little bit and how he. <laughs> I'm a, a seafood crazy. You know, it's, like, <laughs> it's so simple, but it's so meaningful to me that it's so positive in a, in a really good way. So you find your happy, you find your happiness. Yeah. You, you, will, I like this, that uh, you will find what you're looking for. Yeah. And it's easy to um, find it. 
if you want to be Debbie Downer, that's boy, that there's all sorts of stuff out there for Debbie Downer, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it sounds to me like one of the most satisfying things for the book for you is to be able to share with others your, uh, the, the things that the, I want to say the ammunition, but I say the devices that work for you. And I don't even want to call it that. I want to say the, the, Tool belt. I feel like I'm arming people with a tool it? belt of, of happiness. Yeah, that that uh, and and maybe caution people about uh, falling into this uh, pit. That yeah, I always tell. I say again to reach to to notice your patterns. Look for your patterns, and you'll see. Even if that's in a relationship or just in a, your a relationship with yourself, even notice the patterns because that's where the secrets are. And if you're doing things and you're having the same experiences over and over change it. Why not? You have the power. Absolutely. Everyone has the power. And it starts with the smallest of every choice you make every single day. It's not in the big ones. It's always in the small ones. I I hope you don't mind. I'd like to include um, Calvin Harris, who is another, been another guest along with Rick and he is on Skype and he's, uh, he's muted. I hope he's listening and, and, and if, and ask Calvin, if he has any questions he'd like to ask of um, Cody um calvin are you there you're you are muted if you're there well if you if you come through oh he's unmuted (laughs) and he's live yay (laughs) hi cody hi calvin nice to meet you it's good to meet you my goodness um (laughs) i love the guest that um craig gets on (laughs) and your book really sounds uh exciting and also uh, from where your journey began until where it is now. Um, some of the uh, uh, individuals that were an inspiration to you to make that flip in your thinking, Who uh, do you have anyone in mind that you could uh, mention? The happiness flip, just the choosing happiness? Yeah. Well, you know, it, I, there's a part of my book that I call my heroes, and I do have many yeah. in mind. And it starts out with a simple lady that um, a crosswalk guard. I mean, she was wow. one that reached out with us. She saw the bruises and she checked on us, and she knew to stay far enough away and not alarm the people, the abusers. And she just her kindness just filled me up. And that was the first person I really remember, other than of course my my older sister, uh, reaching out and just wanting to protect us. And I and that was the first person. I knew that we weren't alone. And then just several others after that. And like we were just talking about is if you look for the goodness, you're going to find it. And these people found us. Many people yeah. here and there just came out and reached out and, and saw that we were being hurt. So those but, are my- Cody, are, do you find yourself uh, doing, being that person that was the crosswalk guard to other oh, people? Oh God, yes. Every, and I think that anybody that knows me, and I, and I just really focus on this, <clears throat> anybody that knows me knows I'm going to bring you up. I'm going to lift you up. I'm going to lift everybody up as best as I can with all my might. So I definitely do. And also I noticed that the people around me, I mean, it's, it is a contagious thing. Happiness is not to sound cliche, but it really is contagious. And um, the people around you do it. And then all of a sudden you're building this army of people that are just going to help. And people come out of the woodwork and want to be a part of that. And, and it's just as contagious. So now I am front and center of this army of people who can just help anyone. So we always say just reach out if you're sad, if you don't know how to choose happiness, we'll do it for you. You know, I um, I have a dear friend in the UK, Lynn, and she's a teacher. And she often talks about her students. And I think she often talks about the love that she has for those. And I think many teachers are that helping person that, that you met as a crosswalk guard. They, oh, yeah, yeah. That's what they're passionate about. And that's a very difficult thing, especially when Another one of my art, my heroes was my art teacher, a lady. She wasn't quite my art teacher, but it was a lady that lived across um, over the other side of the mountain from me in Arkansas. And I, she would paint horses and she set up in her barn and I would just go hide from an abusive uh, foster or adopted family. I would hide in that barn with her and just watch her paint horses all day. And, and I paint now horses. Wow. <laughs> Did, I mean, so you had conversations with her and she... I still do. And she's still just a, a wonderful, wonderful well, lady. Well, I do think also um, art is liberating. Uh, it gives you a, a chance to have free expression without any encumbrances. 
and yeah. it, it helps open up a lot of things that uh, maybe you need to open up, you know. Art was a safe place, and I also encourage people to find that safe place because we all have one. Art, to me, as a child, was a safe place. I, you would always find me in, in the shadows drawing with my piece of paper and pencil, anything I could find. Yeah. I'll invite Rick into the conversation if he wants. Has it, he's been waving frantically. I think he had a question or he had to go to the bathroom. I'm not sure. No, well, what was, I actually texted him because um, I knew the art teacher was, you know, really got, gave him, he's an excellent artist. He's amazing. Um, his paintings and portraits and everything. But, um, and she really encouraged him and gave him that uh, kind of confidence to paint. So I, I wanted to make sure he mentioned her. So that's why I was waving before. But um, yeah, those kind of people are, and I want everyone to know how good an artist he is. So that's why I was wanted to do that. Um, but, um, Rick was my ghostwriter and he's the one that helped me organize my pile of mess. So he knows me probably better than I know myself at this point. He's been working with me for three and a half years. It works. <laughs> hey, um, do you have any suggestions, Cody? Say, I mean, I always look at people I always think of the Bette Midler song, smile in there. You know, they see the person walking down the street with a blank look on their face, look a bit in the eye and say hello. And that's, that is being kind. Do you have any things that you habits or whatever you do or people you meet that you, you feel uh, is an opportunity? Well, there's an amazing amount of power in a smile. And I think that really goes, um, I think that's really downplayed a lot, but the, the smile, just a simple smile, but I, I believe in something called soul talking. I believe that um, when you pass somebody or every time you encounter, I think the Hindu also practices, you always give them a gift, whether that's a thought or an actual gift or something, you give mm -hmm. them some sort of a gift. And, and I have a really cute smile, I'll say. So I try to give that away <laughs> as, as I can. But when you wear a mask, it's kind of difficult. <laughs> So yeah, so I think that's it. I think just just smiling, or, or you know, you like they say, you never know what someone's going through, and there's a universe within every single one of us, and that universe can be full of pain or full of happiness, and you just want to tap into that. So I think a smile is something so powerful, and it'll open up a conversation. And you know, I've I've smiled at people, and all of a sudden they they teared up. That might be a reflection of my smile, but they um, I mean, it's it's a, there's a lot of power in a smile, and I just think you should give that away as often as possible and and you just give any gift to anybody you see whether that's just in a word of advice or just a hug or anything you just give gifts and it's all we're all one collective consciousness that um i think will expand and and do good yeah. be better I, for i'd like to share and indulge myself a little bit more here sorry <laughs> i'm having the blast <laughs> it's an experience that i had that where i received that a tremendous gift that i wasn't expecting and I was working in LA, uh, a marketing director for a large hotel group. And it was a sun, it was a Sunday and I had had to go into work and I was lamenting. I was sick and tired of working, sick and tired. Of that. I just wanted to get home and rada, 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 but I was hungry. So I thought, well, I'll stop at Ralph's. I think it was Ralph's. They had a, a buffet thing there. You could get a, a sandwich or whatever you want. And I wanted to sit down and eat it there. And there was no seats left. There was, there's probably 30 people at, at these various tables and, some of them got expensive food, except there was these two, the older couple that had some, some conditions with their face. One of them, she was, she was, didn't look well. He, they both looked like they were clinging on the edge, you know, and there was no place to sit. And I thought, oh, I want to sit next to them. <laughs> Sorry. And so I wound up, I had to sit next to them and I decided well, I would make the most of it. You know, they made my Easter Sunday and they shared with me how much they care about each other and these personal things. And before I'm leaving, I'm crying and I'm leaving thinking, oh. I just got a message on Easter Sunday, how important it is to treat people right. How important it is to, for the grace of God, just to say hello. That's all they wanted was a little smile and someone mm -hmm. to talk to about their family and you know, where are you from? And just the idle talk with, I felt like a million bucks when I left there. And I'm going to cry. Yeah, that was my job in high school. I would go, I, we, we um, did a field trip once. And I also mentioned this in my book. We did a field trip once about um, uh, when we just went to a nursing home and just spoke with all these older people. And we just, and, you know, they loved having all these kids flood the halls. And so I started doing that on my own afterwards. And I just found just sitting next to anybody in, or uh, next to their bed or some of these people's bedroom. And I would just say, 
you at the end of your life, you're, you know, told, you've had all this wisdom. And right. I was like 17, 18. So can you share that from, with me? So just like that, I loved sitting and just absorbing that wealth of wisdom. So we should definitely never downplay um, the, even the, the most, you know, strangest of strangers. Yeah. I what an opportunity I would have missed. And I, I mean, this was, was uh, 15 years ago and every Easter Sunday, I think of them and what, what an important part it hidden into me. So it's nice to do to, I, I know sometimes too, in my life twice, I've had a situation where someone has told me, particularly it was in uh, San Diego, uh, that I insisted this friend of mine, come on, come on, it's Sunday, let's go out, let's go out. And I called him about three times. And it was about three weeks later, he told me, after he'd had a couple of beverages, that he had planned that whole day to take his life. And if I hadn't, if I hadn't insisted that he come out and embrace the day, that he wouldn't be there. And I was like, I'm, so I guess the message there is you never know what effect you might have on someone. How simple a nod, you know. I remember I was in line for food at a fast food place in LA when I lived up there. And there was this old woman at the end of the line. The line was dragging around the door. And she was old. <laughs> she went up to the front and she says, you know, I'm old and I'm not going to be here much longer. <laughs> and everyone said, oh, my no problem. And I thought, oh, there is, there is humanity. Here. <laughs> That's fantastic. I wonder how many times she used that. Yeah. <laughs> you never know. But she, it was great. She, so, yeah. So sometimes things surprise you a lot. <laughs> Um, so more about your, uh, more about, uh, I want to know more about your book and I don't know where to, where to dig in here with you, Cody. Is there anything? Well, I have to do this, this quick thing is this, it does start out. Um, it's all about breaking the cycle also, because I am a parent and then my mother and then her parents. And then apparently I just found out recently that my grandfather was also, um, part of that cycle. So I think it's a more, I start out from before I was born and talk about my mother's abuse. And then I go on, to, um, to uh, what happened with my sisters and I, and then uh, we bounced around through the streets and the cabins. There's even a couple ghost stories in here from those <laughs> abandoned cabins in the woods that we lived in. And then um, it goes on for us going through foster homes and shelters and uh, different homes, different families, some good, some bad. And then um, it just kind of ends with me and my beautiful husband just traveling the world. So now you don't even need to buy the book. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. No, I, 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 uh, I don't know what I was going to say. I love watching these YouTubes about aircrafts when they fail, not because of the ending. And so if it has a bad ending, I go look at the ending first. And if it's got a good ending, then I watch it. If it has a bad ending, then I don't watch it. Oh, my God. <laughs> so that's so one way to avoid it. First. <laughs> I, well, I find it interesting, human nature and machines and, and all that good stuff. But um, I do think I would like to go more about the cycle because I do think we there's two things that are profoundly affect our lives. One is instinct, which we don't realize and too often dismiss instinctual responses to things because I think they're part of our DNA. They're hardwired in on some level. And the second is to repeat uh, you know, to, to run the same cycle as what was your example as a child. And, um, you know, if you had an abusive father you, and to your mother, that's what you kind of ex feel like you're expected to do is get married and be abusive, you know. So, um, Calvin, you're raising your hand. <laughs> I can see the juices flowing there. <laughs> so I, I think those two are hopefully addressed in your book, uh, it sounds like. Yes, 100%. Yeah. I think the uh, importance of unconscious agreements, because that's what usually goes on and what gets hardwired within us. Um, I remember the story of, um, of uh, this woman who, whose husband was watching her as she was preparing a roast a piece of meat to roast in that. And he noticed that she cut off the two ends and, and, and put them there and then put the pan in the oven. And the husband was asking, well, why did you do that? And she goes, well, 
I don't know. My mother had done this. And so and so that got her curiosity going. And so then she asked her mother. And then her mother said, well, she didn't know. She had gotten it from her grandmother. Uh, and so they called the grandmother. And so the grandmother was uh, was saying, well, you know, we would get this piece of meat. Um, we weren't able to eat it all uh, at that time. And our, the roasting pan that we had wasn't big enough. So we cut off the ends and uh, left it there and then roasted it. But this is the unconscious wow. agreements that we make, whether we know what's going on or not. Uh, this is the way it was done. And so uh, not knowing any better, we're going to do that until someone like Cody comes up and goes, well, wait a minute, <laughs> let's do something different. <laughs> I have something to say about that too. I've said uh, for a long time that it says, you know, when you ask someone why they believe something, a lot of times they'll say, well, that's the way I was raised. My daddy raised mm -hmm. this way. And, and they use that as an extremely valid reason of why they're doing <laughs> whatever it is they're doing. Well, that's the way I was raised or I wasn't raised that way. But, you know, crazy people raise kids every day. You know, bad people <laughs> raise kids every day. They're training these people. So you have to think, what would I believe if I was never told what to believe? And you get back to who you are from the very beginning. That's important because that's the way I was raised is never an excuse for anything. Yeah. <laughs> Certainly for me, Thank I think being, being gay has caused me to, to dismiss a lot of what you, I probably would have taken as uh, the, you know, the, the truth. And I wouldn't say the truth, but I would have taken uh, as for what it was worth, you know, uh, as opposed to question things. And uh, I think that, um, you do gain a, a different perspective for that. So having, again, here, Cody suffered perhaps for being gay, you also gain uh, some very positive perspectives on mm -hmm. the reality of things and, and dismissing things. I think one thing for me is that I wanted to be nice to everyone. I wanted everyone to like me. And I had to say to myself, I like myself first. <laughs> Extremely likable. <laughs> and, and not try to get everyone to like me. And, and, uh, I, I I had a higher thought than that, and, I, and it evades me at the moment. But um, was it uh, m maybe that um, that the most important relationship is the relationship you have with yourself? Um, no, I think. Uh, uh, well, I do think that you have to learn that, and it's and it's okay to have to to decide it's okay for you. I remember a friend of mine here in Laguna Beach says, "Craig." it's okay to have an opinion and everyone's entitled to one that, that, that it's right or wrong is not irrelevant. The important things that you understand you're entitled to have an opinion and, uh, and not, uh, uh, you know, accept everyone else's opinion for at face value, you know? So, uh, yeah, Calvin, I, I think it, you have to learn to like yourself first. And sometimes that's, that's difficult, uh, especially being gay, because I think you, you learn to loathe yourself in so many ways and you don't realize it even until you get later. I remember thinking, Oh, I could never get married. And that stuck with me until I met some guys that got married, you know, and I'm thinking, well, yeah, I can get married and have kids. What's, what's the big deal. You know, uh, it takes uh, sometimes reexamining what you felt you accepted at safe face value and seeing it for what it really is. I remember before I came out, people would say that it was a very lonely a choice I was making. They're like, being um, gay is very lonely. You're going to be very lonely for the rest of your life. Since I came out, I've never, I've been surrounded by more love <laughs> and, life, and people that, have, you know, support than I've ever had in my life. So it was one of the best decisions I made for sure. Cody, uh, making the decision to have a child, I think that's really uh, amazing or to, to want to bring it up your, yourself. Uh, what were some of the decisions that you went through on that? I think whenever I became a dad, I, I was always very nurturing. I always had like tons of pets. I was always trying to pet. In fact, in one of the orphanages I lived in, I was allowed, I was the only person there that had was allowed to have pets. I think I was always like nurturing something, the, the younger kids, or I was just always meant, trying to nurture. So I really felt like I was naturally inclined to be a, a father. Um, and so by the time my son was born, my son's mom really, she struggled in many ways. Um, and, and 
and and I was a lot stronger in, in other ways. I think it was, but so that's why I, I I'm, I'm trying to dance around an issue there. Um, so the best thing for me was not having a family myself growing up. I was really worried how I was going to raise this boy and all this yeah. guiding. And and I found that I knew what not to do. I guess is the thing. Uh. I figured out that all I had to do is the exact opposite. And, and I <laughs> raised the, the, my son now is almost 25. He has three kids and he is such an amazing, strong, wonderful gut man. So um, that was the, that was the hard part for me was I was scared that I was going to repeat the, the, the uh, cycle in some way. I didn't want to end up hurting my child. And, um, and I think just knowing that and being aware again, you know, it made a huge difference and I just knew what not to do. And in some way, in many ways, it was healing because I now have all those beautiful memories of throwing the ball and all these camping and all these things that I'd never had. But now I was just on the other side of it. I was the dad in the middle. Yeah. So it was very healing. And my son's wonderful and life is good. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, there is a, a study. This I read the news every week for the program. There was a study out this week that they've discovered that uh, children of gay people uh, same-sex couples uh, mar- are, are scoring remarkably higher in uh, their grades in school as opposed to non-same-sex couple parenting. Yeah. That definitely was not my son. <laughs> not <your> son. <laughs> His focus, he loves cars and girls. And, <laughs> yeah, it was everything. But now he's a very successful mechanic and does, and yeah. does that. But yeah, he was not academically right. But he was all, everybody... Everyone who mentioned him would talk about how how respectful and kind and loving he was, so and well, handsome. That's, He's that's a really more good. Important than academia. Oh yeah, he's <laughs> very. He's doing great. <laughs> I gotta say that this is KX one hundred four point seven KXFM in Laguna Beach. This is Craig Rainbow Radio with my very special guest uh, Cody and my two additional guests Rick and Calvin, and we're having conversations about life's experiences and. And what we learn in life, and I suppose how uh, we can embrace the the brighter side of things and dismiss the less bright as not significant. So uh, with that, I'm going to take a real short music break, probably about 30 seconds or about a minute, and we'll be right back on the other side. The song is you, you Get What You Give, which I think is appropriate given the circumstances. got the music in you don't give up that's all very very good positive messages <laughs> messages there i have to say um i should mention um cody because you might want to tune in next week you might want to show up i don't know <laughs> but <laughs> i have um my guest next week all of a sudden my microphone sounds like it's not working um is dr ian jenkins and um 
it's very interesting. There's, uh, they've been together, him and his husband have been together for, I'm, I'm not going to get this right, for how many years? It's a very long, uh, let's just say 15. And, and of, of, of those years, they've been, had a third partner. So there's three males in the family, and that's the family unit. And they decided that they wanted to adopt a daughter and then biologically I believe it's one of one of them I don't know which <clears throat> excuse me and they wanted that the daughter's birth certificate to have all their names on it as the father and they got it and oh. it's in California and Ian is a, a doctor in uh, San Diego so next Saturday at this time uh, it'll be Ian I don't know if some of his other family uh, will be there but for my listeners and for everyone here, that's uh, next week's program. And then a week after that, I have uh, another guest that wrote a book also. <coughs> She's been on the program before, Davana, and she will be back. I don't know what her book is this time. She hasn't told me. I just got her on the schedule late last night, so I don't know more, but... Fair to say that I'm trying to get more people on the program as and I'm and I've been inundated lately with people and I, I very much appreciate it and take the time to to find out what's going on in the community. I want it to be more than just about the weather and and some disappointing news around the world, but that's important. It starts a conversation and that's all important. So uh, we are back now with uh, with um, Cody and my two other guests, Rick and uh, Calvin, and we took a short music break there. What uh, Anything pop in anyone's head at the moment that we had we needed to touch on again here? No, uh, I think I've said a whole bunch. Look <laughs> 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 away, <laughs> and I I really enjoyed helping Cody with this book because I mean he yeah. had a great story to tell. Um, the way he took negative things that happened to him and turned them into positive things, and um, I think it makes people appreciate maybe their own childhood or growing up that. You know, you know, so you had a bad child, and then I hear about someone else's is like, oh, well, I guess I did okay. Oh, sorry. And then there's always people that are, have it worse. And he really does a good balance in the book of where you know you, um, you're feeling almost feel sorry for him one minute, but then like, oh, you know, like he just turns it around, mm -hmm. like, oh, he's okay. And so it's very uplifting. And I, I, I'm thanks, Cody, for letting me be part of your journey and writing it and putting it out there and everything. Um, but, and people are really commenting, uh, just, it just came out like three or four days ago and they're already saying, you know, they're being moved by it and, and it's very helpful. And so, um, I'm glad to be part of it. And, uh, so. well, I, I, maybe Rick, what you're, uh, to add to what you're saying there, uh, the book kind of rocks your perspective. You know, you think, you think you've got it, a situation that's, that's, you know, and what I'll say to someone like, oh, my God, I went to the store and the avocados were all brown. I don't know what I'm going to do. And, rot, rot, and, I'm go, and I just go, oh, these first world problems, they're just horrible. I don't know how you survive. And I think the perspective is what the book sounds like it gives it. Get, yes, Cody. It gives I, it I, something about that is, what, wait, what did you just say? The, oh, I had a bunch of thought. Oh. Brown um, avocados. Perspective, complaining yeah, oh. about things we shouldn't complain about. Those people don't want to, I mean, the people that really revel, when I tell people to, to look at your patterns, if like I will try to bring some people up and they kind of push back and they want to be in a negative place. They want to be like, woe is me yeah. or, or do not understand you know, how many times I've looked for avocados yeah. and you, you can't understand get how difficult it is. You, you just try to help them raise them up and they don't want to, they want to stay firm and they're in their pain and they're victimized. And so those are things that even on a bigger scale, those are the things that you have to recognize within yourself. Think, why do I keep choosing just to be mad? I keep choosing to be sad, be hurt. You are choosing these over and over and over. So you have to recognize those moments, but you're right though. When people just want to be mad about the avocado, they'll let them. So they are the ones that have ruined their day, not the avocado. Not the <laughs> they ruined their own day. Yeah. Or, yeah, or okay. take, take responsibility for things too. That's yeah. a big one, you know. You guys are all making me hungry. Uh, uh, Calvin's talking about roast beef and cutting that up. You're talking about avocado. I, I got to go eat now. I'll see you guys later. <laughs> no, you can't. <laughs> I'm glad we could have a good time. <laughs> right. I wish you guys could have seen him. He was like so funny just then. 
I have a, I do have a, someone in my life uh, that they're very happy to get angry about anything. And I just, at some point I'm going, one thing I'd like to say, you know, it's not worth it. And it's kind of nice saying it's not worth it to get upset about it. It's just not worth it. It comes to a point. It doesn't, it brings no good, you know? Uh, yeah. It, it, it releases all these horrible chemicals in your body and it changes your actual neuro patterns. It, it, it's a habit forming. It's bad for your body. If you, if for no. any other reason, you don't, you choose happiness to be healthy. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I used to have a um, a significant other. <laughs> he'd get up in the morning and say, don't talk to me. I'm having a horrible day. And I'd go, you just got up five minutes ago. How horrible is it? It's like, <laughs> so he was he was set himself up for the moment he woke up, you know. Right. <laughs> he was always one that answered the phone, hello. Hello, and finally that's contagious go, too. That makes that answering your phone. That's they sound depressed. <laughs> I go, well, his name was Dana. I said, Dana, um, maybe you should put a little lift in your voice, like hello. <laughs> but it never, it never. Uh, Even in that, when you what you put out is what you get returned. You you answer a phone like that, that person's also gonna kind of be bogged down, and then all of a sudden you guys are in this whirlwind of just yuck you know you, you, you it's contagious these these motions are contagious you you answer a phone happy you're going to get happy back well that's what that song was that's it you get what you give yeah yeah savage gardeners so um so we need to give we're a get very giving group here in uh in uh on rainbow radio and we have a few minutes i i don't know i have some news here maybe i should read some horrible news <laughs> the british uh, veterans are being that were stripped of their medals are getting them back how about that one yeah in london for decades members of britain's military were systematically dismissed that's gonna, probably going to happen here in the united states next all the ones that what they dismissed for being gay um so they oh. Yeah, they lost their benefits in the in the thing. So, you know, there's one topic we didn't touch on, and that's religion. <laughs> I hear silence. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, because um, you know, well, there were there were two academic academic scholars in three actually in the UK and in the early 40s and 50s and they got outed uh, through a party and they were at uh, one was at Cambridge I believe and I, f I forget where they all were uh, and they one of them was still alive and he talked about the demise of their lives how uh, they were it were they were ruined and and he made a point to say that that um, there were three things that made it really difficult one that you found out that it was considered an illness and you were, and, and medically you were ill, right? So you, two, it was also considered an abomination by the church. So when you go to seek help, that's what you're going to find out about is about how bad you are. And third is that it's against the law. So there's, you had three very important things that said you were a criminal, you were immoral, and you were sick. How would you like to think that, that those three things are tossed a criminal, immoral, and sick? So I, I would like to say to, I'd like to think that I have many listeners out there and maybe in Arkansas or the Midwest who, or I know I do have some in South America, no, in uh, Africa along the coast that listen and there's people. And, and I'd like to say to them that those three things that were that were so armed against us that are so negative have are falling by the wayside, not nearly fast enough, but they're falling by the wayside and that um, it's okay to be gay and it's okay to embrace yourself and it's okay to love yourself and it's okay to get past it. Like Cody has, like so many people have got past it. And, and, it, and it, it's not, it's not because it's something you should do. It's just, it's something it's because it's something that makes sense. It's something that is, um, 
is healthy and is positive. And, uh, you know, as, as I guess I want to say, as opposed to a task, you should, okay, I've decided I'm going to be happy today. You're not really being happy. You've decided, but you gotta, you gotta really be happy. You know, you gotta find out what makes you happy. And, uh, and that's really difficult, um, growing up gay, particularly in some of these other countries. I, I still read the, I, the international news I have, which I won't read today, but, I, I read it all over the world. And uh, so my, my suggestion here is, is there anything you would like to say, Cody, to those kids out there that are maybe struggling with their situation and their family and uh, some, some? I think the same thing, um, that that's the same message. I just want to join that same message that so many others have is just reach out to those if, if you're trying to come out, don't reach out to the people that you know or, or think are going to just reject you. Reach out to the one to the strong ones first. Reach out to those that are reaching out to you first. Don't go straight to your parents who you know might or might not, you know, kick you out. Go to the people that are around you. There's always positive people if you look for them. So I would suggest reaching out to those that you know are there. Your school teacher, your your nurse, your pastor, your anybody. Just reach out to someone that's not just going to come knock you down right off the bat yeah. or me reach out to us. Yeah, anybody, anybody, exactly. Yeah. Read, everywhere. The book. read the book. Go on. Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good first step. <laughs> Definitely. I think the book has a lot of tools in there that, that, that you're not going to walk away from this book without a, a gift or a different view of on life. I can promise you that. And the name of it again, in your own words, Changing the stars. Changing the stars. Yep. And 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 everyone needs a star in their life or two or three or four. <laughs> Definitely. I think it kind of works both ways since I do work with celebrities here in Hollywood. I changed my stars and I'm changing the stars. I'm changing their hair. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I had a friend who wanted to do a sitcom called, I don't think it was called Burning Hair, but... It was the event. You could do multiple little vignettes. My mother was the only person. Everyone goes to their hairstylist and they tell tell them their problems. You know, my mother was the only person. Oh, I yes. know. She would go to the hairstylist and listen to the hairstylist. <laughs> <laughs> the other way around. <laughs> and she fell in love with all her stylists, but she was that friend because she knew how difficult it was. Because what were you going to say something there, Cody? I see. No. Nope. Uh, Oh, I just then what, when you said you 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 do hair, I thought, well, I wonder if anyone, I wonder if my mother ever comes in. If there's someone who comes in and asks, say, Cody, how are you? How are things going? Oh yeah, they all my clients, especially I've been doing this for 25 years. A lot of my clients are just like family. I have, you know, I never really had a, a mom, but I have a probably a hundred of them that sit in my chair, <laughs> you know, they, and they all just mothered the heck out of me. Oh, that's cool. And my Cody, that could be that could be your next book, Cody. Um, well, some of the stories people tell you oh, as the address. No. <laughs> you have to no, change the names, of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I learned to keep that under lock and key years ago. <laughs> I think I told uh, Rick about a, a, a. Everyone tells me I should write a book, so we're going to run over here a minute because we can. And there's no the next show is not showing up, so there cool. it's recorded. So I'm going to run over just a little bit. Don't tell anyone. Um, so I want to call it talking to the cows. Okay. So picture this little in rural America, this little blonde headed kid, and you see the school, but yeah, off in the distance, you see the school bus rolling down this dirt road in the cloud that's billowing behind it. And this little kid gets out and he's just a little blonde kid. And he runs to the house across this long lane, long lane from the main road. To the house and he throws his books on the table and he runs out the back door and he goes and he goes out to the um, fence out the back and all the cows are there waiting for him and he has some carrots and he goes and he tells them all the problems and all the things during the day because he knows they'll listen and they get have you ever seen a cow with their big brown eyes that just kind of slow open real slowly and close like they're looking at you and thinking hearing every word you're saying so this little kid tells all these stories because he feels kind of lost to tell what else to tell anyone else what's going on you know in his world so the 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 book is about all these experiences that he has 
from an abusive uh, situation at school, from an uncle who died at 40 years old from alcoholism, to a father who uh, they had 20 kids because he's too embarrassed to buy a condoms. And and I, there were uh, and a grandfather who was abusive to um, all the boys and girls uh, in the family and a mother that died at a young age because of the abuse and all these horrible things. And so you kind of hear him reflected through this kid as he tells the cows. And as he's growing up, he, he realizes as an adult now with kids, he's realizing some of the, some of the issues that he had, and he's not sure how to cope with them. And he's struggling. He's struggling and he's driving on a rural road and he sees some cows in a pasture and he's, stops his BMW and he gets out and runs over there and, and talks to the cows once again and realizes that that's what he has missed. He hasn't been talking to the cows, which is about understanding himself, you know, and what is the name of this book? I am going to, well, it's my, I, it's an idea. I want to call it talking to the cow. Oh my God. I'm oh, it sounds it. wonderful. I'm I was like, oh my that. goodness. <laughs> I love that. And it, it, it reminds me um, of uh, the early days of Laguna where they would have the cows. I lived in the canyon and um, I was coming into town and waiting for the bus. And one day I was looking behind me and on the hill there in the canyon were the cows. They would bring the cows in to yeah. uh, graze in that. And I turned around because I felt that someone was looking at me. And when I turned around, there were three or four cows, just as you mentioned, just standing there, chewing their cud and just looking at you. <laughs> exactly. They're, they're so polite and they listen so well. Yeah. <laughs> if, he gets angry, if he gets angry with the cows, does that mean he has a beef with them? Uh... <laughs> to Rick. Oh my God, Rick. I had to get one dad joke in there. I had to get one dad joke in there. <laughs> No, there's one. There's there's several scenes in the in the book, and I'm going to I'm going to briefly tell you one. Um, so, his grandfather, um, this little boy would often visit his grandfather, and they had cows, right? And they would every time a new calf was born, they'd name it one of the grandkids' names, like parents, grandparents do, <laughs> you know. So they had all the all of all of them had names. So he's at his grandparents. <laughs> There you go. Listen, <laughs> he's at his grandparents, and he's out in the other room, and he hears um, his grandmother talking to his grandfather in the kitchen. And his and this is true. And his grandmother goes, "You know, well, how's it going?" He goes, "Oh God," he says, "Well, not so good." He says, "Jody died," and and she goes, "Oh no." She says, "Well, what did you do with him?" Well, I buried him out there. I dug a hole and buried him. And the little boy's eyes get really big. You know, this is going to be, and he's like going. Oh my God, my brother. Oh, so then you see his mother coming and down the dusty road again, and she gets out and he goes running out there. Mommy, mommy, Jody died. Jody died. She gra he grabs him around the legs and she's going, runs into the house of the grandparents and she goes, Jody died. And they go, he did. What happened? And she's going, no, <laughs> you know, you get it. Yeah. And so that's going to be one of the scenes in there. So the, the, the confusion about the cows. <laughs> and there's a couple other great ones where it's grandparents decide they want to do green acres and go to the farmland and stuff. So, I think it's a great idea. I think it's a good book. I have your book cover. I've already painted your book cover. <laughs> yeah. We, <laughs> all right, all right. So the, the moral of the story is, is that, or the, the beauty of it is that you can combine several stories into this one long um one movie and, and make it for an hour long movie and all Love these that. life lessons that happen that we learn and, and the importance of them, you can, you can be a marriage of many things that have a, a message. So that's the beauty of it. It's not like one long story. Well, did they live or die? You know? Well, you sounds like you have, you need to get started. I'm ready to buy it. <laughs> <laughs> I got to work on that. I need a ghostwriter. Absolutely. I know. Good hey, one. Rick. Uh, <laughs> he needs. <laughs> Listen, I did. Anyone want to shout out to anyone here before we before we have to wrap it up? I'm we're six minutes beyond our scheduled time. I always shout out to my family, my sister Sue, who's my hero, my son, and my beautiful grandkids. And go buy the book on Amazon. Of course. <laughs> 
And uh, Calvin, did you have any closing comments? Thoughts? You always have some. Just, it is just great. Absolutely. Uh, Cody, I'm going to have to get your book. And I was uh, just thinking the same about you. I, absolutely. I just think what you're doing is just wonderful. And and Rick, uh, this was really great. And, that, yeah. and just to see... Um, uh, the the mind behind being able to sort through a lot of notes and that. Once I get my notes together, Rick, I might have to look you up too. Okay. <laughs> we we shout out. <laughs> Go ahead. Oh, no, shout out yeah. to all of our friends in uh, Laguna. And Rick, did you have any closing pearls of wisdom to share with us? I don't think so. <laughs> don't eat beef. Huh? Um... <laughs> Uh, <laughs> that's all right. It, yeah, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm uh, speechless for a change. Uh, Your mother. Well, I want to thank every one of you for being here today. This has been a fabulous Saturday morning, a great way to start the weekend, I might add. And I appreciate everyone. Next week, please tune in for um, Ian uh, and the three fathers. I guess I, I had two fathers and two kids. Now I'm having three fathers and one kid. It's just they're everywhere. <laughs> no, so thank you very much. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Please tune in next weekend. Again, for Rainbow Radio, this is Craig, KXFM 104.7. Thank you very much. Love and love you all. Go out and smile at someone, huh? Smile yeah. big, both ears. <laughs> if you have to step back and pull your mask to the side, smile. <laughs> all right. Love you guys. Thanks again. Bye. Thank you so much. Aloha. Right. Aloha.